Tonight, it's worse than you think. It's February 22nd, and this is the Ezra Levant Show. Why should others go to jail Why? when you're a biggest carbon yeah. consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say is I've got to start by showing you this video of a liberal member of parliament from North Toronto called Yara Sachs. She's actually my member of parliament, as it so happens. She's Jewish, and I live in a fairly Jewish part of town. That's relevant, as I'll explain in a moment here. Watch this. This is her argument for why we have to put the entire country in a state of martial law, why we need to suspend our ancient civil liberties, have police roam the streets, put up checkpoints across Ottawa, why we need to seize funds from bank accounts of Trudeau's enemies. Uh, here's why. How much vitriol do we have to see of Honk Honk, which is an acronym for Hail Hitler, do we need to see by these protesters on social media how much how many time honk honk is code for heil hitler because they both have h's in them she was serious she was not joking honk honk is not code for heil hitler honk honk is the sound that horns make. They don't sound exactly like honk, honk. Some horns sound more like beep, beep, or ga, goo, ga, but the, the word honk, it's got nothing to do with Hitler. Yeah, I, I checked out its etymology. The word honk, it's actually about 200 years old, so it, it predates cars. It was first used to refer to the sound made by geese, honk, honk. It was later applied to car horns. This insane woman says it's code for Heil Hitler, who wouldn't actually be born until a century after the word was deployed for geese. She's crazy. That, that's a conspiracy theory. She's a nut. But she has one purpose in life, to serve Justin Trudeau. And that's where her Jewishness comes in. That's what her role in the campaign was, to assuage the Jews to make them feel like Justin Trudeau is not anti-Semitic, even though he supports Islamic terrorists like Omar Khadr. Her purpose was to calm down the Jews and tell them they're expected to vote liberal as always. And the fact that she has a Hebrew name helped. She's living proof that the liberals would never be anti-Semitic. How could they be with her on the campaign team? So vote liberal. So when a Jew who has run as a liberal candidate specifically to be a visibly Jewish Jew, is deployed to say such a ridiculous thing that honk honk is code for, code for Heil Hitler. And not only is the Liberal Party abusing her, making her say the most ridiculous thing, because if anyone else said that, they would, they would immediately be laughed at. But if a Jew says it, well, come to think of it, they'd be laughed at too. But much worse in that it shows everything she's ever said about anti-Semitism or the Holocaust simply cannot be trusted because she will sell out, she will rent out her Jewishness for a momentary political advantage to demonize, in this case, truckers, to give her boss Trudeau cover, whatever, 
whatever it takes to get through the moment. Yara Sachs is worse than nothing. She is a Jew who will happily, lustily sell out her Jewishness on command for her boss. What a low, low disgrace she is. It's very funny, but it's deeply sad. There are things lower than a liberal, and one of those things is a journalist, though I repeat myself. Let me show you how low Canada's journalists are. <laughs> you know, the terrible news from the weekend, our reporter Alexa Lavoie was shot. Not by a rifle, but by a kind of anti-riot gun that shoots tear gas canisters. That's illegal, of course. That's assault with a weapon. That's not just against the law. It's against police professional standards. Like I say, these police are thugs. But there were thousands of police in Ottawa, still are. And they're all looking for action. They're bored. There's no action to be found, so they're making the action. I mean, maybe you've heard the phrase from literature called Chekhov's gun. Have you ever heard that? If in the first act of a play, you have hung a pistol on the wall, then in the next act, it must be fired. Have you ever heard that saying? If you send in a thousand cops into Ottawa with guns, they're not just going to be kept in their holsters. Every bigot and bully and blustering big shot out there, this is their moment to shine. There's no accountability. There's no rule of law. There's no civil rights. There's no legal oversight. And you got an insane police chief and a petty dictator as prime minister. So they did draw their guns against peaceful, unarmed protesters. They smashed windows of trucks and campers, pointing guns in them. They opened the doors of trucks, pointing guns in them. Guns, guns, guns. They smashed a guy with the butt of a gun. And, of course, they shot our reporter with a kind of gun. Do you need more pictures of Trudeau's cops using guns? The only violence in three weeks of the truckers being in Ottawa came from Trudeau and his armed thugs. He says he's against guns. Uh, only if you have them. He loves guns himself. So, so you know who reported on the guns? The New York Times did. Here's the story. Ottawa protesters cleared from Parliament encampment. A central area of the protests that roiled Canada's capital for three weeks was cleared of demonstrators. That's the headline and the subheadline. And here's the mention of guns really close to the top of the story. Starting about 10 a.m., police advanced on trucks that had been parked on Wellington Street, the thoroughfare in front of the Parliament building, drawing guns on some vehicles and banging on doors as they searched for any people inside. And if you scroll down, you can see they used a picture, a photograph of cops pointing guns and cops with bats, the ones that they used to hit Alexa. It's a well-reported story by two New York Times pros, one of whom has covered news from wars, I understand. Not really controversial to cover the news. The news itself was, of course, enormously controversial. Trudeau attacking peaceful protesters with guns and charging riot horses against unarmed, peaceful citizens. That's extremely controversial. But how is writing about it controversial? Isn't the controversy that it happened? Breaking news. The police arrested demonstrators at gunpoint near the Parliament building in Ottawa in an effort to end the week-long protests. Oh, how dare they say that to embarrass the precious one. Here's Justin Ling from the Parliamentary Press Gallery. Guns were not drawn. Drawn. This is wrong. 
<laughs> he's a freelance journalist. Hey, guys, don't believe your lying eyes. No, no, no. And there were, there were guns everywhere. There were, there were guns pointed. There were guns smashing. There were guns shooting. But here's the CBC. Look, I'm not one to shame and blame because I know mistakes happen during breaking news, but this is false and incredibly dangerous rhetoric that will be used by those who have no interest in facts. Please delete this tweet and issue a correction. Sincerely, a Canadian journalist. No, sister, you're not a Canadian journalist. You're a government journalist. It's a different thing. But there were pictures right there in that New York Times article of the guns. Why were Canadian journalists trying so hard to get the Times to not report the guns? Even if the Times were wrong, which it obviously isn't, why are these Canadian journalists reporting about the Times instead of reporting about the news? Why are they anti-reporting, unreporting, counter-reporting? Why are they focused on the New York Times instead of on Trudeau? Here's another CBC journalist. Boy, the CBC was mad. Oh my God, New York Times, is this how you do reporting on foreign stories? Where are you getting this BS from? I know you're journalists and you do, you're better than this, so do better. And, he, and here's a hysterical expert on right-wing extremism. Is the New York Times drunk? Where are the guns? Look, Ottawa police have not covered themselves in glory here, but what they are doing is not at gunpoint. Who is behind the wheel at New York Times Canada? Here's the vice president of the Canadian Association of Journalists. The Canadian Association of Journalists has been silent about Trudeau's attack on Alexa Lavoie and Trudeau's attack on David Menzies in December. But boy, are they vocal now. Y'all, just call me. I'll write the right accurate story for you because this is embarrassing and wrong. Got it. She's going to fix the New York Times. She'll make sure it's accurate. Um, here's John Imbotson of the Globe and Mail. He says, in my opinion, this requires a correction from the New York Times. On what basis do they assert that people were arrested at gunpoint? Armed police is not at gunpoint. Unless weapons were drawn and pointed at protesters, this is both factually incorrect and dangerous to assert. They're all talking about how dangerous it is. I should tell you some of the most amazing footage was actually from his Global Mail colleague, Marika Walsh is her name. Watch the first five seconds here. Uh, just the first five seconds. Take a look. Get back. Get back. Get back. Get back. Anything could happen right now. You guys get, need to back. get back. That's from the Globe and Mail. Why won't he believe his colleague? Why won't he believe her videotape? Why is he a truther? Here's another CBCer. That tweet is reprehensibly inaccurate. Re reprehensible. That's just some TV doctor uh, who loves the lockdowns. Here's another uh, lockdownist. Can we get the New York Times unsubscribed trending? Here's Trudeau's Alberta senator with a characteristically shallow and juvenile and lazy response. They're really all in this together, aren't they? Trudeau and his government and the government lockdown doctors and the government journalists. Here's Gerald Butts chiming in. I'm not canceling my subscription, New York Times, by the way, but this week's events will make me much more skeptical about their foreign coverage. Here's another one from CBC. This is from a communist named Carol Off. Hey, New York Times, if you don't want to send reporters to the scene, then all you have to do is watch Canadian TV. Try a bit harder to get the story right. Except they did have reporters on the scene. And why would you watch the CBC to get the news? They didn't have cameras down there. We did, though. Here's David Aiken. He's the reporter who literally started off his question to Trudeau on the weekend by thanking Trudeau. Thank you, Prime Minister. Thank you. Thank you. Those are some funny-looking guns they're holding at New York Times. <laughs> 
Those are wooden clubs. Those are actually what they used to club Alexa with three times, David, before they shot her. Can I ask a simple question? Why? Why? Why did all of these Canadian reporters and pundits, every single one of them on the Trudeau dole, in one way or another, why did they do this? Well, I just answered your question, didn't I? But it's not just the money. It's the safety in a herd. You see, the New York Times is, is huge. It's one of the largest newspapers in the world, as you know. More importantly, it is a trendsetter for other liberal media across America and even in Canada. In fact, I've seen reports that more Canadians subscribe to the New York Times online than subscribe to any Canadian newspaper online. I believe it. That's what this is about. If the media party stays disciplined, like, uh, like all parties have to be, if they all say the same thing and they all agree on a narrative together, there's safety together. It's like Kipling said, for the strength of the pack is the wolf, and the strength of the wolf is the pack. But what if some wolf breaks ranks and leaves the pack? Then it all falls apart, doesn't it? If every single official person, if every single good person says the same thing, just parroting Trudeau, then they're all safe together, right? Sure, those rebel news types are saying something different, showing something different, but no one good listens to them. Just ignore those Nazis. But the New York Times, they broke ranks. Fancy people read the New York Times. And yeah, they're going to trust the New York Times a little bit more than Trudeau's own government journalists. Oh, the rage. The rage wasn't that the New York Times got it wrong. It's that the New York Times wasn't respecting their guild, their club, their clique. They weren't in on it. They weren't playing by the rules. I learned a lot about the media by watching all that. <laughs> Didn't you? Stay with us for more. Well, let's go back to the streets of Ottawa now. I wonder what it's like. Last I heard, the trucks have all been mopped up. It uh, you know, only took a few thousand police with guns and swinging batons, shooting some journalists along the way. Uh, just as punctuation, joining us now is our friend David Menzies via Skype. David, great to see you again. How are things in Ottawa today? Well, Ezra, I can tell you this uh, city, at least in terms of the downtown core, it's a virtual ghost town. Uh, and uh, rightly so. There are about 100 checkpoint Charlies, if you will. These are uh, police officers who are at major intersections and quite literally saying, your papers, please. And by the way, Ezra, your papers are no longer good enough. On Friday, they started asking out-of-towners, we need to see your confirmation number for your hotel room. Well, as of last night, that was amped up to they look at the confirmation number and then they phone the front desk. <laughs> and hopefully you're not on one of those uh, answering machine uh, loops. Uh, your call is very important to us. So we're going to make you wait half an hour in minus 20 weather to get to it. So it, the, but the point is, Ezra, as you said uh, in your preamble, things are being mopped up here. I'm at the corner of Queen and Bank Street. Ezra, this was the demonstrators last stand on Saturday night. This is where about eight or 900 of them remained uh, dancing to the tune of uh, We're Not Gonna Take It by Twisted Sister. And uh, the police uh, line, well, they've put up a fence, of course. There's multiple fences as you go north, heading to the parliament buildings. And um, I think the strategy on Saturday night, 
uh, instead of whack them and stack them with their batons, they just waited till the demonstrators got cold and tired and hungry uh, or, or needed to use the washroom and so on. So it dissipated uh, peacefully uh, thanks to the assist from Mother Nature. Um, but I, you know, and I want to point out something too, Ezra. Um, it's so perverse that this Emergencies Act is going into uh, play, going towards Senate approval, when there is no emergency anymore. There are no demonstrators. There are no truckers. And what's more, don't you find it crazy, my friend, that in 2019, Justin Trudeau issued a press release applauding uh, the 100th anniversary of the 1919 Winnipeg general strike in which the entire city of Winnipeg was shut down. But because that was for workers' rights, because that was pro-union, um, Justin Trudeau was down with that revolution, oh, big time. But when a sliver of that comes to Ottawa in 2022 in his uh, working backyard, that is intolerable and he needs to uh, put into place the uh, reimagined War Measures Act what a disgrace. Yeah. Well, that uh, general strike, of course, was a communist strike, which may explain Trudeau's support for it. This um, <laughs> form of a general strike, which is what I've been calling um, the action by the truckers, it's not communist. It's against communist style surveillance and tracking and personal invasiveness. And um, many truckers are uh, autonomous. They're, they're self-employed. They're on their own rig. That's why Trudeau hates it. But mainly Trudeau hates it because it challenged him. If Trudeau were in power in 1919, he would have been against the strike because, of course, it would have challenged him. Um, I, you yeah. mentioned that you were, you're in a place that on Saturday night was quite busy, but it's Tuesday night, three days yeah. later, and the state of emergency is still in effect and the police are still on the streets. Um, I should tell you that there is no legal basis for them to ask no. the questions of you that they're asking. Are they letting you pass? Because I remember a couple of nights ago watching your live stream and they literally would not let you pass. Are they letting you pass now? I have an update hot off the press to you, Ezra. As you recall on that live stream in which uh, Lincoln Jay and I were asked for our papers and then, you know, they wanted to confirm that we, where we were staying and whatnot. Uh, the female OPP officer said we had to go to Ottawa Police Headquarters to get uh, permits in order to practice journalism. And um, our colleague, Mauricio, went to Ottawa Police Headquarters just an hour and a, a few hours ago, I should say, and uh, was asking about that. And a superintendent said, um, no, there's no permitting system. And in terms of us getting to Wellington Street, where the CBC is, you know, so somehow they got past three levels of uh, steel fencing. Uh, what he said, Ezra, if you can imagine, is that it's officer's discretion. So if you as a member of the media say, can we please get to Wellington to get a shot of the House of Commons? And the first officer says, nope, that is verboten. Then you go to the next one and the next checkpoint and the next checkpoint. So it sounds to me that either these guys don't know what they're talking about or they're making things up on the fly, Ezra. And I might say this, as as uh, for some of those Ottawa residents that complained about the sheer number of big rigs in the downtown Ottawa area for the last three weeks, they what, what we've seen here is that blockade, that inconvenience has been replaced by something far worse. And it sees police checkpoints, concrete barriers at major intersections, and three levels of fencing so that there's no way you can get 
to Parliament Hill, which was not the case when the truckers were here. It, you know, anyone could walk to Parliament Hill. Uh, there were uh, bouncy castles and uh, hot tubs being set up. So um, I guess uh, for those in Ottawa that were wishing the truckers were gone, uh, careful what you wish for, because you, what you've received right now is far worse than um, several trucks uh, letting off a bit of steam. Yeah. Uh, and of course, the truckers did not set up checkpoints where they whimsically decided <laughs> who could or couldn't pass. The fact that police get to decide, well, I hate your reporting or you're a pro lockdown reporter. You can go. You've criticized police brutality. You can't go. You are a supporter of Justin Trudeau. You work for him, in fact, at the state broadcaster. You can go. But you work for Rebel News or True North or some independent news agency. So you can't go. I, I'm not sure if I shared this analogy with you before. When I went to Iraq, we were driving through the country and there were so many checkpoints. Just And by checkpoint, just a guy at the <laughs> side of a road with a gun and a, maybe a Jeep and a couple other guys. And you had to stop or they'd shoot you. And they would, you know, and your driver would roll down the window and talk to him. And I don't know what they said because they were not speaking a language I knew. But every little checkpoint was a moment of stress is it going to be a robbery is it going to be a political enemy a different warlord now we were with the the worst warlord of them all so they were all scared of us but that idea of being at the mercy of some thug with a gun and different rules at every check stop and you had to jump to their satisfaction that is not a concept of the rule of law that we are familiar with in Canada we are not familiar with Police saying you can or can't go based on their own taste. That is illegal. That's unconstitutional. That is a coup. That's a suspension of civil liberties. And that's the law of the jungle, which is, I guess, what we have in Canada now. Oh, you're absolutely right, Ezra. And I want to go back to what you said a little earlier um, in terms of us being media non grata. You know that the Justin Trudeau liberals, their hatred towards us, it's absolutely visceral. And the proof is in the pudding. On Saturday, when uh, our dear colleague Alexa was shot in the thigh with, a, I guess, what seems to be a tear gas uh, canister, at point blank, I might add, that is so over the top. And, you know, I think we got a little hint of the Emergencies Act and the violence it go that goes with it, at least if you're deemed to be an enemy of the state, back in December when... When I was standing outside a Toronto restaurant uh, waiting to uh, ask Justin Trudeau a question on a public sidewalk and his henchman essentially manhandled me, slammed my head into a, a wooden fence. It, it was almost foreshadowing of what we're seeing on a far larger level here in the city of Ottawa. Yeah, and I noticed that the Canadian Association of Journalists has <laughs> been completely silent about both your case and Alexa's case. She was literally shot and the Canadian Association yeah. of Journalists their big quarrel is that some of their government journalists were heckled by truckers that we were heckled how dare the the truckers are revolting they certainly are you know <laughs> it, oh Ezra you're so you're so right I mean 
you know, when we went to the press conference held by the interim chief of police in Ottawa, Steve Bell, uh, he said when I asked, one of my questions was, how did this happen to my colleague Alexa? And he said he was unaware of this. Yeah. Unaware. She has been interviewed by journalists from the world over about this egregious incident. He doesn't know about it. And then I could have scripted this uh, any better in, in terms of, you know, I don't know, putting out a mad magazine narrative at the end of the questioning the chief said oh just one more thing i'd like to applaud how members of the media meaning mainstream uh members of the media have been covering this it's come to my attention that some of them uh there were slurs uttered towards them and other unnice language and there's investigations ezra afoot on hurt feelings verbal hurt feelings as for Alexa, nothing to see here, even though that was physical violence. And Ezra, God forbid, if that canister had hit her in the head, I just wonder what state Alexa would be in today. And you're so right when it comes to all these journalism associations and free speech associations and the Canadian Civil Liberties Association, uh, the silence is deafening. Had that happened to, oh, I don't know, Rosemary Barton at the CBC, I think we already see a royal commission being mm -hmm. struck right now, my friend. Yeah. Well, it, there's so many, there's so much disgrace to go around our political class, the police themselves, uh, the government journalists, as I just did in my monologue. I mean, the New York Times sent in uh, a war reporter to cover, which I think is a probably good choice. And <laughs> someone who didn't have a, uh, you know, someone who just, covered the news pretty accurately, referred to police having guns, and, I don't know, 20 media party journalists shrieked at them, correct that, there were no guns. What? There were plenty of guns. We all saw guns. One gun was used <laughs> on Alexa. But the fact that these reporters thought their most pressing duty was not to do their own journalism, but to stop the New York Times from doing journalism, I think shows the state of the profession. Well, stay safe. Let us know what's happening there. And if any cop doesn't let you pass, please do me a favor, get their name, their badge number, and which police force they're with, and pass it on to me because we'll file a professional standards complaint against them. I find it unacceptable. Even if the corrupt chief of police of Ottawa thinks it's fine, in my mind, it's unacceptable that police can pick and choose which journalists get to walk freely in the city. That's simply illegal. And uh, if they don't listen to it from us, maybe they'll listen to it from... Uh, the Police Standards Commission. I will definitely do that, Ezra, and thank you so much for having me on your show tonight. Right on, there it is, David Menzies, mission specialist on a very special mission. Stay with us, more ahead. Hey, welcome back. we got a couple of letters for you today. Ferengis, if I'm saying that right, says, Trudeau is Schwab's lapdog. You're referring to Klaus Schwab, the boss of the World Economic Forum. Well, I think you're right. And I actually don't think that Trudeau would deny it. But to be more technically accurate, Christia Freeland is literally on the board of governors of the World Economic Forum. I don't know how you can do that while also being a cabinet minister in a country. How is that not a conflict of interest? Oliver Corey says, the world is watching. We are proud of our Canadian cousins. Hold the line. The man above is with you. Thank you. You know, I was a little bit despondent the other day uh, when things were falling apart, and I said to one of my colleagues, nobody cares. And he said, no, 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 you were very wrong on that. And, and I'm glad he said that, because in that moment I thought, where is everybody? No one cares. No, millions of people care. 
Absolutely millions of people care. Not everybody. Some people are cheering it on. Some people who love power and want to smash their enemies. Liberal partisans who believe in nothing but power. Um, lockdownists who really, it, whether it's about um, a pandemic lockdown or a climate lockdown, it's about power. But but I was wrong to say that. I was just feeling lonely and sad at the same time about the state of affairs. I said, no one cares. No, no, no. Millions of people do care. Millions of people do care. Williamson 61 says, I hope your lawsuit is successful. This demands justice for all Canadians. When the people fear the government that is tyranny, how long until they use their new powers to make all independent journalism against the law? Thank God for Rebel and True North. Keep reporting the actual news. Thank you. Yeah, I hope that we are in a position to file Alexa's lawsuit. Uh, I don't think it'll be today, but I'm sure it'll be this week. And as soon as it is filed, I will email it out to you so you can read it yourself. We'll also be filing a report with the Special Investigations Unit, which is basically anytime there's a police misconduct event, they investigate it in Ontario. Well, that's our show for today. Until tomorrow, on behalf of all of us here at Rubber World Headquarters, to you at home, good night. And keep fighting for freedom. And let me leave you with an interview that Alexa did with Candace Sarah, who's the indigenous protester that was trampled by a police horse in Ottawa. I'll leave you with that. Bye-bye. Since the recent event that happened on the first day of the, of the police intervention on Friday, we know that some people have been injured, same if the Ottawa police have said the opposite. Candice, a First Nation woman who was holding the line at the first place, got hit by the horse of the Monty police and I've been injured and I came here today to learn about her story, how she felt at this moment and what she has to say to us about it. Here comes the horses. from Tandanaga Mohawk Territory. It's about two hours, two and a half hours southwest of here. I know that you were on the front line when all happened. What was your emotion when you saw the horse coming? Hmm. Hold the line. That's what I tried anyway. <laughs> and you did. <laughs> After they trampled me, uh, there was a officer that I think a couple of them kicked me. Uh, I got a big bruise on the back of my thigh. Oh. And another one dragged me by my coat off the premises.
but I walked right on by enemy lines and walked back into safety because outside of our circle, it didn't feel safe. When I was back in with the convoy, I felt safe. So when that happened and you were in the ground, no officer showed you some help or anything? No, they were all showing me anger and aggression. So nobody helped you? Well, he aggressively helped me out of the area and was told to leave and don't come back or if I come back, I would be arrested. The ambulance came, took me to the hospital and there was only one doctor on. They sent me in for an x-ray. It wasn't a very good stay at that hospital, but it wasn't their fault either because there's no doctors or nurses to fill these hospitals to help people that are hurt. I have bruising on the back of my leg. I got a fractured collarbone. I got bruising on my, or I got sore ribs. Doesn't look like I'll be driving anytime soon. I'm still alive, I'm still here. Thank you to everyone out there. I'm okay. Bumped and bruised and sore, but I live to stand another day. Why it was important for you to stand up, same if you had some difficulty to work, I think you have like some something for a handle. Why it was important for you to be there and stand in the front line? Trying to open up their eyes. We we're doing this for them, their children. They're mothers and fathers. There are mothers and fathers in nursing homes dying by themselves. Why? You know how many people that I've seen in these last two weeks that said, thank you. Thank you for stepping up. And out of all those elders, they were, there was a lot of elders that cried on my shoulder because they were so happy to have a human contact because they've been deprived for these last two years. I had kids coming up thanking me and hugging me. I just want to play with my friends, teenage boys. I want to play sports. I want to play hockey. I want to play baseball. Ottawa police have specified on their page that nobody yesterday have been injured. What do you have to reply to the Ottawa police? <laughs> That's bullshit. Where did that other guy go? The other guy that really got stompled by the horses. Where did he go? I had the sense to get up on my own cord. But where did that guy go? Nobody has found that. Where did that guy go? Shoved under the rug? I did not get shoved under the rug. I am here. When we know that Justin Trudeau say that 
so much good thing about the First Nation, but when we look at what the people live, as you yesterday being treated like that, what is your thought? How can a, how can we have trust in a prime minister that doesn't come and speak to the people? In, in a in a society like ours, that these atrocities continue and our people continue to get hurt as we step up. And many people can also be hunted down through, if you look back in our history. And, it, and it's a sad reality that these are the types of injustices that are being procured upon our people. And it doesn't matter if you're innocent or not, you're still dragged off and put to the side and left to fend for yourself. Are you scared for your life at the moment you get hit? No. What was your emotion? Anger. There's plenty of people back home that are angry for what they did. Not just to me, to everybody that this happened to. It's sad. For... It had to happen that way. So you were able to hurt it yourself, that the woman had been injured that day. So we are on the ground here in Ottawa, trying to show you the reality of what happened on the ground and telling you the other side of the story. It's really important because we are the only media outlet. Always be there on the field, showing you the truth and what is happening. So share it widely, and I hope you enjoy it. Was Alexa for Rebel News in Ottawa.